Hey, welcome everyone to Today in the Scene by Indie Arcade Wave. I'm Joe, your host, and here on In the Scene, we dive into what's happening in the arcade space from new indie developers, arcade owners, and operators, and just news in the space. We're here to answer the question Is the arcade dead? And spoiler on that one, the answer is definitely no. I'm part of the team that brought Galactic Battleground to the arcade space in 2017, and I've been active in the arcade scene ever since. Uh, I, before we dive into everything, I just want to shout out the new t-shirts. I'm going to throw a picture up right now. It's got the Indie Arcade Wave stamp in the front, or Indie Arcade Wave stamp in the front, as well as a killer monster cabinet on the back that's devouring the arcade scene. So go check out the link in the description below, and you can grab one of those shirts for yourself. Now, I'm really excited for this week's episode. I've had a guest on in the past that was talking about this. We're going to dive into an arcade from North Carolina, Charlotte, actually, to be specific. Um, we spoke with Amar a while back about crab volleyball and he put me onto this arcade. I had heard about it from other members of the killer queen scene. So I was kind of already on my radar, but he made the connection with Zach, who is the owner of super Abari game bar in Charlotte. And we're going to dive into his story right now. So how you doing, Zach? Hey, how's it going? Doing it's going, well. going great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good, good. I'm, I'm excited to have you on here. I get to, I get to talk to another, uh, indie head here. Um, with uh, a couple of really unique indie games, actually, in your arcade. You've got uh, a one-of-one one and a one-of-two, yep. so that's pretty cool. Um, let's just have you introduce yourself to begin with. Uh, who is Zach, and when did you fall in love with video games? Because it's, it's pretty clear what's going on in the background <laughs> that you love video games. Yeah, so my name is Zach Pulliam. I'm the uh, owner of Super Bari Game Bar here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, you know, I've loved video games. I, I can't put a specific date, but I, I have very fond memories of of kind of when I think I first fell in love with video games. Um, I was pretty young, I would guess around four or five years old, maybe. Um, and we were living in my grandmother's basement while our house was being built. Uh, we had a whole an old giant console TV um, down in the basement there. And I used to sneak out of bed and go play Super Mario Brothers 2. Uh, and, you know, that that's when I I think I've realized, oh, man, I really love video games. You know, that, that was the point where my parents and, and my brothers and everybody is like, man, Zach's addicted to this stuff. But, yeah, uh, very fond memory of doing that. I love it. it. It's always fun to to draw back into your childhood and, like, find the handful of memories where you're like, these are the first games I played. Yeah. This is the first time I saw video games. Um, and obviously, you know, it was a big transition point in your life. You're going to move into a house and you start playing video games. So what made you start the arcade like it it seems like a pretty big endeavor for somebody to gather the games start the arcade what was it that made you go i want to start an arcade sure um i mean i i was a i would say casual collector of arcade stuff um since about 2008 2009 um and you know it's something i always wanted to do i always thought that the idea of the arcade bar was a way to bring arcades back to life and or you know bring them to adults who grew up with that um experience of going to an arcade as a as a child um so around 2014 i kind of uh got fed up with just doing the bank circuits here in charlotte which is kind of the main thing you do if you're working it or anything is you get a contract job at a bank uh, you work out your contract, you're probably not going to get full time. And then you go to the next bank. So um, around 2014, was, I was just like, you know what, I'm going to stop saying, what if, you know, what if I can, um, you know, win the lottery and, and do this? I, I'm just going to really start looking into uh, ways to make this happen. So yeah, around around 2014 was 
when I was like, okay, I'm going to figure out, um, you know, how to get the money, what games to bring in and, you know, started purchasing more and more for the bar itself. Yeah. I mean, you obviously did it the right way. You know, I mean, you started at a prime time games were cheap yep. and very, very easy to find. People had them in their basement. They were just throwing them. They were like, here, yeah. come pick it up. Um, so you, you got ideal time, obviously. Now, how did that transition into actually starting Super Abari Game Bar, which I know was first a bar game bar and yep. you relocated. So kind of walk us through that whole process of like, you now have the games, you get your first location, yep. then you got a transition and now we're here. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Realistically, it took maybe another two years to even open up the original Abari, which was you know, 2016, like March 1st-ish, somewhere around there. Um, so, you know, to, to actually open up, I, I got a, a small business loan to pay for, you know, construction and stuff of that nature. Uh, you know, we, we were doing pretty well for about four years there. And, of course, COVID hits in uh, 2020. Um we were kind of unfortunate that our lease was a five-year lease, which I signed probably, you know, 2015 sometime. Um, and so originally I was going to resign, but the um, owner of the building sold the land to a developer instead of, you know, continuing that lease. So I had to um, then f kind of decide, do I want to do this anymore? Do I want to... Uh, you know, go through this whole process again, because uh, it's not fun. It's not easy. Uh, you have to deal with red tape. You have to deal with, you know, am I making a good investment? Um, so, you know, I, I finally went through the whole process of looking for a new building. Is, can I afford rent anymore in Charlotte? Because it, prices right now are incredibly ridiculous. Um, so I, I lucked out and I found the building that Super Abari uh, is in now. Um through a friend um they were like hey you should really check this out price point was there i was basically going to be paying the same amount for rent that i was at the old building um though it was a significant amount more for me to upfit the building um so i kind of took it as the chance to like really do things better than the original place um you know whether it's it's staff facing or, or customer facing you know just little things like better bathrooms just a little bit nicer um everything really uh floor layout you know patio etc cetera, etc cetera. so um you know I've, I've really started working um on that uh, what 20 late 2020 and then we started construction in 2021 and then we opened in um may of 2022 uh so it was another about two-year process to get it completely open again but um I'm, I'm much happier in the new building it allowed us to have um not only more games on the floor but i, I just think overall a, a better feel um uh, for not only like i said customers but also our staff too yeah, I always love to see arcades move locations. Like, uh, I'm thinking of one primarily that's that's near me that I visited, uh, IO Bar. They moved from one location, which felt a little cramped, to a larger one. They can yeah. bring in more games, but you also have more space for people to just move around, walk around. It doesn't feel yeah. like you're elbow to elbow with every game. You you have that room to breathe, which you know opens it up for more games. You get to have more mm -hmm. stuff, and you make it more interesting experience for people to visit. Um, let's talk about what makes Super Abari unique. Like what makes your arcades stand out compared to other arcades in your area? 
Sure. I mean, I think a lot of it is just my attention to, you know, maybe the indie scene, like what you were, you know, your, your bread and butter is, but like, I, I, I am a gamer and I care, you know, and I've cared for a very long time about video games. I'm still a gamer to this day. I'll probably be a gamer until I die. So I think that gives me a little bit more of an advantage, say, than especially these companies who are just kind of, I don't know, cashing in on what I would say is the, the boom or resurgence of arcades. Um, so, you know, I really use my knowledge and my experience and my passion to bring that uh, a better experience to the bar, you know, whether it's something like the giant Game Boy that we created, which um, was fabricated by a company here called 8 Lincoln 30. Um, you know, I did the, the internal guts of the thing. They did the shell and, you know, working with all these, I would say, local artists and, and other enthusiasts of whatever their craft might be, uh, makes us a little bit different than some of the other places, not only in Charlotte or North Carolina, but I, I just think in the U S in general, um, you know, I'm always looking to find what's new, what's next and, you know, give people a unique experience that you can only come to an arcade and play. Um, you know, you, I think we're, we're in a point now where there are a lot of things like, especially the beat em ups like turtles and Simpsons and whatnot uh, are, pretty widely available and yeah there's still this nostalgic feel to play them in an arcade and and you have that social experience of a four-player game maybe having some drinks um but you know i'm trying to look at like what is something that you can't mimic in your house right like uh, you know you you can go the big raw thrills games like dave and busters and and other stuff like that but i i don't think that's always the best scenario is like, yeah, they're big and you, you really can't recreate them in a, at your house. But I think there's better examples. Like uh, we have arm champs too, which is, you know, uh, an arm wrestling game. It's like, that's a unique experience. You're never going to see that at a house. It's, it's cool, but it also isn't huge and gaudy and 50 K to buy, you know? So um, I think that's kind of uh, my, my process with, with buying games in general is like, is it fun? Um, you know, is it unique? And do I think people will like it? So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that all sounds like a really good thing. The Game Boy sounds really cool. I hadn't even seen that. I wasn't yeah. aware that you guys did that. So that's sweet. I don't know if it's still it. When we made it, now it was the world's largest playable Game Boy. So at the time, and and we're like Eight Lincoln Thirty was really like the they painstakingly went and uh you know matched colors for paint matched te font for you know the vinyl decals like we we really tried to be as authentic you know even from right. a scale perspective like this just looks like a giant game boy that got blown up so well i'm definitely gonna have to look into that but you mentioned the indies which i, th I think brings up yeah. a really good point um a lot of arcade owners are start like this is starting to get on their radar they're starting to see that these indies are coming out and there's I mean, there's got to be like 15 or 20 different games that are yeah. now in production as indies. Um, let's talk about Killer Queen. You brought that in. That was the first indie you guys brought in, right? Yeah. Killer Queen. So why did you bring in Killer Queen? And why did you want to take that risk on a game that, I mean, let's be real, it's like $14,000 for the cabinet. Yeah. What What made you want to take that risk? So, I mean, I'm, you know, being, like I said, just 
a gamer in general, I, I would go to MAGFest pretty much every year. I haven't in a while, but um, so my first experience with Killer Queen was at MAGFest. And I think just the energy around the game, you know, and me playing it and playing it with friends and playing it with new people that I've just met. I was like, wow, this game is really from, from a social standpoint, a great game. Like you meet new people. It, not only is it a fun game, but it's simple to understand, hard to master. And I think that's what makes, especially an arcade game now, um, fun, right? Like you want to put in the time to put in the master. But then again, if you just walk up and play and somebody gives you a simple explanation of how to play, you're going to have fun. Um, and then, you know, the multiplayer aspect, once again, is just really awesome for that game, especially since it's 10 people. But um it really just kind of grabbed my attention. I was like, wow, yeah, I gotta, I have to have this. And I, that might've been like 2015, 26. I, I don't remember. It's right before we opened for sure. And I was like, well, I've got to see if we can get this for the bar. Um, and like you said, it had a pre pretty hefty price tag because I, I don't even remember how many were publicly available then maybe five or six. I, I don't know. It was a pretty small amount, but yeah, it's um, still pretty early in their their yeah. distribution cycle. I think they they might have had like maybe ten out at that point. Yeah, it was it was it was a very small amount, and then of course Raw Thrills. Uh, this was pre Raw Thrills cabinets and everything. Um, so uh, I hit up um, Josh, and you know basically told him, "Hey, I'm opening this bar. I really love your game. I would I would love to do it, um, but I." you know monetarily I don't, I don't know if it's feasible and he's like well you know we can do a profit share thing and so that's kind of what we did when we first opened is, is we profit shared and then it got to a point where i was like well you know this is doing great i'm gonna buy a cab now because you know i had seen how it earned and you know, we'd already kind of started building a pretty good community around the the game itself um so i i just kind of had been open, had some revenue, saw that it was worth my time, and and then I purchased it. I can't remember the day, but it, it was it was pretty pretty early. I think Raw Thrills days at that point, like one of the first Raw Thrills cabs. So, yeah, I love. I mean, you it, it worked out really well for you. You got to see it at a convention that you already went to. You already trusted. Yep. You have to play the game quite a bit, and then you bring it in, and you see that it earns. It does well, and yeah. your community likes it. And I know I've met uh, a handful of people from from your your community down at uh, Bumble Bash Four. That was where I like really started to meet a lot of the the people that are from the Midwest in the Killer Queen scene. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they they loved it. They loved your bar. So here we are talking about it. Um, let's talk about uh, crab volleyball. Like this is this is another one that's really big for you guys. Um, I already had Amar on. We talked about the game, how development and everything went, um, and you're the reason that it has a cabinet. You know, you helped facilitate that. So, um, when did you first see crab volleyball, and how did you take it from there to the cabinet, which is now in Super Amari? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Amar has been a regular of ours for a long, long time, and love the guy. He's, he's a good dude, a, a close friend. I would. I would even say, um, so I, I don't remember the exact year. Um, like I said, maybe four years ago, maybe, yeah, probably like 2019, 2020, uh, when he first started kind of showing the game, I know he would show me kind of these prototypes of what he wanted to use. And, and, uh, he, I don't think there was a clearly formed, uh, idea of what the game was, but he was like, I want to make an arcade game. And so he would be like, Hey, what do you think of this? And, um, you know, I, I would always just tell him, uh, make it multiplayer and make it simple. Like that's, that's 
all that's going to be a key to your success in this game which obviously fantastic advice yeah fantastic volleyball is is key you know once again is it it's easy to pick up and play hard to master and and that's what i feel like makes a good game especially in an arcade setting um so you know maybe one invitational around then he kind of brought the first rough uh, crab volleyball, or it might have been a bumble bash. I, I don't know. I I can't really exactly remember. But um, you know, over time, I think he just kind of gradually would put it up. You know, pick it up, put it down. Of course, COVID happened, and then I think during that time, he really started being like, okay, well, let's flesh this out. And then you know, it was getting very positive feedback from from Magfest, from people at Bumble Bash, and 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 whatnot, um, and and from our local scene. Uh, so I, I don't remember when I kind of approached him, but I was like, you know, if you ever want to put it on the floor, like I'll, I'll give you a cabinet, I'll do whatever it takes. You know, obviously I can't write the code or anything, you know, but you know, if you can make it coin op and, um, give me something to, um, put into a a machine, um, you know, I'll do whatever I can. So I would say around, uh, I don't know, probably right around the time we were open, we started uh, back in May of, of 2022, we started talking about it again. And then um, probably around, uh, I don't know, September something of 2022 is when we started kind of actually working on the cabinet. And so I had a, a, a Blitz 99 cabinet and I was like, do you like the layout? Because, you know, it needs to be four player and, and everything. And, we kind of decided, yeah, this, this is a good cab to use for this. And then um, just went through the process of, of kind of just refurbish it, not refurbishing, but just making it look a little bit more uh, cosmetically different than a blitz cab. So, you know, put on um, some red for mica on the sides and just kind of cleaned it up as best as I could. Uh, you know, it wasn't like a fresh new build or anything. Um but I think it turned out pretty well. You know, Omar got me the graphics for the marquees. I found somebody to print the marquees. Um, you know, I think it's going to constantly change um, as time goes. You know, this is in all, you know, respects of a, a prototype cabinet, I guess is what you would call it. Um, I, I think it looks pretty good for what it is. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, a great move with the prototype cabinet. Uh, that seems to be kind of the move that a lot of people are making. I know uh, Highlight Heroes, they did it in a, a Frogger cab or another cab that's the same shape as a Frogger. Yeah. Uh, Street Cleaner, he did it out of uh, Police Chase something. I, I, don't, I don't remember the exact Chase thing, HQ but or something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. But I, I like, and uh, the Downwell cabinet, like all these cabinets are, are you know, old cabinets that aren't being used anymore and are being refurbished, which yeah. I think is a great way to go about your initial build and kind of test and see what you like what you don't like yeah um, exactly. i mean we we modeled our cabinet after tmnt like it's, it's just a perfect yeah. four player konami so yeah um I, th- I think that's awesome and you've got a couple other games in there you just brought a new one out that you put on the floor which is nidhogg 2 yep. um i've had dan on here awesome game just got to play it for the Very first good. time in miami uh, fucking love it it yeah. feels great on a cabinet it's, it's fantastic <laughs> and then you have you have foiled which is that's a really really unique one so tell us a little bit more about foiled and then what you like about nidhogg 2 Sure. Um, so foiled, um, this was another, I, just Killer Queen Invitationals, I think, just bring out these kind of unique games and, and experiences sometimes. And uh, 
one of them happened to be foiled, which, um, uh, forgive me, I, I, Charles, yes, from um, New York, he uh, he basically said, "Hey, man, do you want to do you want to test this in the arcade?" And I was like, "Absolutely!" You know, I had seen it played, and it, and it was awesome, and people loved it, and I, I, art style is great. There's just so many good things about Foiled, uh, and uh, you know, I think uh, um, can't remember what year it was, maybe maybe 2018 is when we first put it on the floor and at that time i believe it was the only cab and then wonderville got the other one probably right around 2020 2019 whenever um and so yeah that was just kind of it just kind of happened and you know we, we were like well let's just split profit and uh so yeah that's that's kind of how that uh came to be i think the cab was originally created for like magfest or something um and uh yeah Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> the other question. Yeah. For Nidhogg, you know, I really loved the, um, the, uh, the original game and, um, I always thought it was such a really cool concept. Um, and back really early, maybe 2016 of the original Abari, I had, um, like just a little free play set up of a bunch of indie games on a cabinet that, you know, were just played through steam basically. Um, and, uh, that was one of the first games that that we did on the cabinet because i thought hey this is going to be an awesome you know awesome arcade game and turns out it is but like i just think it's it's like foiled you it, you know a fencing game i guess is what you're saying not exactly a fighter but more of a strategy game i guess you would yeah kind of um uh so when when uh is it DMS Arcade? DSM. Um, Dan, DSM. Dan from DSM, yeah. Yeah, DSM. Um, when they, like, started to release the pictures of the Nidhogg 2 cabinet, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm in. Like, you know. And I think it was a, a good price point, um, like 4000 or something like that, um, which is always, in, in indie games, it's, um, it's hard because it's like the price point needs to be there. It can't be too expensive, but it also you know, I know that these people want to make money. Um, so, you know, I've got to see the, the, uh, benefit of having it on the floor. Like, will it earn, you know, will, will people engage with this? And I think Nidhogg was one of those where not only had I personally liked the game, I just think that it, if you saw it in an arcade and you picked it up and you're going to put it in a quarter and you and a friend play, you're going to be like, Oh, I love this game. And that's, honestly even only being on the floor for about a week now it's people love it so yeah i mean i think i think that was a slam dunk honestly yeah. with dan dan making that game it was the game translates perfectly to the arcade space it's such a good 1v1 i mean you're right it's more of a fencer like strategy than a fighter but i guess yeah. you can kind of put it in the fighter category yeah um it, and it, it just it feels so good the way that it plays um i'm super excited and the cabinet's beautiful I yeah mean, you, it, you it looks great you can't see that cabinet and not want to play it yeah. at least try it so um i think that's really cool and getting the first foiled is awesome um i haven't been able to play it yet because it's only in new york and charlotte I haven't been to either place so um eventually i will make it to play the game i'm sure um what what else have you been doing with the bari like what what has been some uh some unique games that you brought out or anything new that's been happening yeah, so I mean, we we've been trying a lot with rhythm and and other Japanese, I would say, exclusive arcade stuff. Um, I've been seeing a I, lot of Jew beats lately. 
Yeah, so we've got U-Beat, we've got um, Sound Voltex Exceed Gear, we've got um, uh, Tyco 14, uh, we've got, I've got a Chunatham in storage, which I'll bring out, and I've got a Waka that's coming in, we just put out Initial D Stage 8, um, we've got Silent Scope Bone Eater, which was a Japanese-only um, Silent Scope game, Um yeah, so, you know, really trying to do some fun stuff. And I, I have to say that Ground Zero, which is who I get all these games through in, in South Carolina, is awesome. Matt is incredible, and he's really fun to be – like, I'll kind of be like, hey, you know, I'm looking for this, and he'll find it. Or he'll come to me and be like, check out this game. I think you'll like it. I think it will do well. And that's kind of – um how some of these games like uh, i have panic park which is really awesome and bishy Love that game yeah both of those are just they're fun and you know i probably would have never thought oh man this this would be great until he came to me and showed me the games themselves and i was like yeah well let's definitely i mean i could see you know especially bishy Boshi. it's four player it's just a button masher and everybody loves it so you know stupid fun basically um and uh, I've got another project I'm trying to work on. Uh, I've honestly put it on the back burner recently. Um, but there is a game called Slow Mole. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Um, the, the dude who, oh, man, I can't, what is his name? I'm, I'm blanking. But um, it's, it's a very hard, like, 8-bit game where you're a mole and you're slow and you can't jump, but you have to use all the environment around you to clear the level and you will die multiple, multiple times. So the whole idea is basically is it's a speed run, right? Like you, the game itself, you have unlimited lives and you're just going through. Now, we're trying to do a coin op version. Um, so we'll have to have like a life pool, but it's like 50 lives for a quarter. So that's how... Um, yeah hard the game is so i i'm going to probably start working a little bit more on that in the next couple of months um and then uh you know for now just game wise um just really trying to look at unique um titles that maybe i haven't seen before like um like the arm chance was i know i, I brought that up but um uh, anything that kind of catches my eye and i, I go to auction not semi-regularly so you know every once in a while i'll be there and um see a game that just jumps out at me and i'm like you know i'm gonna i gotta get it you know and uh sometimes it's a it's a home run sometimes it isn't but yeah i love it you're bringing in new stuff unique stuff i love the japanese stuff i'm i really like that it's making a huge resurgence like here in the u.s like every arcade i go to you know they got one or two here and there and it's yeah. it's cool to see stuff that or like the old stuff where you know it never came to the U.S. So this yeah. is a game that most people have never seen, even though it's from the '90s. You know, um, so it's really cool that you're bringing that stuff out, putting it on the floor, and everything like that. So I appreciate you coming on here. Let's uh, wrap everything up with uh, shoutouts to people in your community, as well as social media, so people can check out Super Abari Game Bar. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I want to shout, shout out to Amar um, Rika for for I don't know one one telling you know you about me and and super avari but two just being a great dude and and really awesome to work with and uh, of course I, I mentioned them earlier but jeremy and jason of eight lincoln 30 um they are probably the best fabricators i know i'm, I'm biased but uh 
they're really passionate about what they do and you know i can come to them with an idea and they just you know they run with it sometimes it's stupid sometimes it's great like a giant game boy but uh you know no no matter how big or small they they're really awesome about doing it. of course my entire staff I, I really love them and, and we have not only great bar staff but great great techs um you know yeshua he's new and he's he's been really killing it and then matt who has been with me since 2016 since the original bar um he he uh he's a fountain of knowledge and really beneficial to keeping all our games um nice and working you know we we have to fix crap every day so i'm really appreciative of having um you know all of my staff and uh yeah so uh if you would just give us a a follow on um social media we We've got um, at Abari Game Bar for our Instagram, of course, a Super Abari Game Bar on Facebook, and then um, uh, at Super Abari on on TikTok, which we're, you know, I'm old. I'm trying to learn TikTok, but <laughs> we're working on it. So, uh, yeah, definitely uh, give us a follow. We're, we're pretty good about posting. You know, we post new games. We post all all the cool events that we're doing, um, we're, which is really cool, which I guess kind of ties into indie games in general um this weekend on the 19th yeah uh we are doing a customs um pinball and arcade event where we'll do a crab volleyball tournament um we've got um a couple of game or well three three unique um custom pinball games um one is uh zelda uh pinball by my buddy wilder um one is a space balls pinball by my buddy john and then um rebby or rebecca hardy however you want to call it um from wwe she has a matt hardy pinball uh that she made for matt and um she's bringing that so we'll have a lot of really cool unique games one of a kind games um so hopefully that is a big hit so we can do more um like that in the future awesome love it well you definitely got to go check out sex arcade I'll put the links down in the description so you guys can check that out. Um, they've got some cool indies. If you're in Charlotte, definitely go and visit. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't if you like arcade That's games. Right. <laughs> um, why wouldn't you stop there? Uh, but I want to say thank you, Zach, for coming on here. I really appreciate your thank time. You. I appreciate you telling us the story of how everything happened. And, you know, maybe you inspire somebody else to open an arcade bar in the future. Um, for anybody that's still watching, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. It helps us a ton. We'll keep growing. We can all ride the wave together. But until next time, peace.